You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and I am so excited that we've made it to a whole new season. Season 4, we have finished three whole years of the podcast, and I am very excited to bring you this um, inaugural interview for Season 4, which is uh, with Sandy Forbes. And Sandy and I met at Queen City Church a couple years ago, and I heard her sharing bits of her story at a women's event, and I immediately thought, I need to have her on the podcast. And for whatever reason, there was a very long delay, and so I am just waiting in anticipation for this interview because I believe that God has ordained it for this time um, with all the delays. And so here we are. So welcome, Sandy, to the show. Thank you. So, so happy to be here. Yes. So before or as we get started, I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to know the Lord. Sure. So, um, Well, I am a PK, so my dad is a pastor, was pastor, um, so brought up in the church and everything that goes along with that. So I, you know, made my profession of faith, if you will, when I was probably about six years old, but I don't really consider that I had a relationship with the Lord until I was in my 20s. Um, And, you know, life hits you and you have baby, you get married, have babies, or at least I did. And um, then you realize what a relationship is really supposed to be. So in my 20s, um, I really decided that I was going to have a relationship with Jesus. And I committed to him to have that relationship at that time. So um, and now I have um, three grown sons and three beautiful granddaughters, which are really awesome. And um, my husband and I run a um, contracting company. So that's kind of what I do. We flip and uh, restore houses and build houses and apartments and all kinds of things. So, Yeah. So when you decided to commit your life to the Lord in your 20s, kind of the official commitment, what, what changed or when did God start or revealing Himself to you in new ways? <laughs> So it's really interesting. And I've lived long enough to know that this whole walk of life is a process of being refined and being changed. And um, so I don't think that, you know, but I also feel like all of us have times in our life where um, something happens that is key to making a shift. So um I've had a couple shifts and I think everybody does. And by shifts, I usually mean pain and hardship. (laughs) And um, one of the biggest shifts in my life came from um, some stuff that we've walked through with our oldest son. You know, you have a baby and you look at that sweet little face and you have all these dreams and visions and um, just 
you know, all the things that come with having a baby and who they're going to be and what an amazing human they're going to be. And um, usually we don't look at that little one and say, I wonder what kind of pain and hardship they're going to walk through or we're going to walk through with them. And so um, we ended have ended up walking through addiction and PTSD after being in the military, my son being in the military and eventually incarceration. So when all of that happened, um, I have to admit that I was very shook. (laughs) And for a long time, I just relied on what I had known my whole life, pulling myself up by my bootstraps, saying that I had faith. And then eventually, and, um, you know, I think growing up in the church, you have the opportunity to see a lot of amazing things like people's testimonies and a lot of people coming through and talking about what the Lord has done in their life. So that's kind of how I viewed the Lord um, was that, you know, you go through life and you encounter pain in your life and you pray and ask God to change it or to change the circumstances. And you believe a hundred percent that he's going to do that and that he's going to swoop in Um, make everything new, make everything wonderful. And then you will have this amazing testimony um, to share with the world about the goodness of God, the miracles of God. And in my life, um, in this particular situation, that miracle never came. And so eventually I um, really decided, you know, I had to make a decision about, you know, was what I, believed wrong or was I mistaken or was I not loved enough or had I not prayed enough or not kind of Bible study enough or whatever it was. Um, and I really just felt quite abandoned, disenfranchised. And um, <clears throat> I really wasn't sure what to believe. So I went through a few years of that. It was very painful. And um, one day I was talking to a mindset coach (laughs) had nothing to do with my Christian walk. It was actually for business. And, um, I had never had a mindset coach before. And she started teaching me about how our brain works and how we are created and how our brain is linked to our belief system and our mindset and how we can intentionally do things to, um, control or not control, but to, um, teach our brains um, what to believe. And, um, it just, all I can say is when my husband got home from work that day, I said, I don't know what happened today, but something changed and I know I'll never be the same. And that was really the beginning of my journey in understanding, um, you know, the goodness of God in the middle of pain, the goodness of God, no matter what, like the Hebrew boys in the Old Testament that said, we believe that God will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we will serve him. We will praise him. We will bow down to him only. Um, And that becoming a reality in my life. Mm. I know that's a lot. (laughs) No, that's amazing. And, you know, it really struck me when you said, you know, the miracle didn't come. And I think so many people out there and people listening have been praying for something and it's just not coming, and they're not seeing Mm -hmm. any forward movement. They feel stuck. They feel that, like, abandonment or isolation. And what would you say to that person who's in the middle of that? I mean, you said you were in that for two years, and that's a long time. 
what word might you have for someone who is in that place right now? Well, first of all, I want you to know that you are not alone. And this is not unique to you. You are not separated out and disenfranchised disenfranchised from having a close dynamic relationship with the Lord. And you are seen, you are very seen. And there is a purpose for that place that you're in, number one. Um, number two, I think redefining what we what we see as a miracle. So I had a very limited view, a very boxed in view of what a miracle was. And it always included circumstances changing to make life easier for me. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of what I viewed as a miracle. A miracle meant that God was going to make everything wrapped up in a nice, neat little boat. And what I've come to learn that there are, that sometimes a miracle does look like that, but there's a lot of times where miracles, um, here's my definition. Miracles are the internal power shift that happens when you surrender to God, to whatever he is doing, and you trust him with the end game. That's really, truly what, um, when we get to experience miraculous things in our life and a shift in our life. So I would encourage anyone that's in that place to ask the Lord to redefine um, what a miracle is. I love, uh, Ann Voskamp has a wonderful uh, quote about miracles. She says, um, or really pain and the purpose of it in our life. She says, hardship is the privilege of non-mediocrity, the honor of greatness. And I think that's what a miracle is, right? Man, that is good. That And so many things in our life, I, I think like walking with the Lord and growing in maturity is a lot about reshaping our view of God and what we believe about ourselves, about who we are in Him, about who He is. And He just continues to expand those definitions. And I love that definition of a miracle. So as you've continued to walk with the Lord and grow in Him, um, what are some things that He has done that make you want to continue to go the distance with Him? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So many. Um, I think the big part of it is um, the ability to reshape the way you think about life. So it's not any one thing, although there's a lot of one things I could list, but I think it's the mindset change. Mm. And that is something that the Bible talks about a lot. Um, We always hear about taking our thoughts captive, um, you know, but I really never understood what that meant. I thought, you know, it was like reading verses or whatever, and and none of that is bad. But what I've come to understand is that our brains really, um, well, actually, I was reading the other day that we have anywhere from 12,000 to 80,000 thoughts every single day. I mean, that's a big window. There's different studies and that's kind of the range that I have found. And those are all subconscious thoughts, right? That is just our brain automatically doing what it's wired to do. And if we don't take the time to intentionally train our God-designed brain 
um, how to think and what its default is going to be, then it will literally run amok with whatever comes in and out of it during the day. So whatever you're watching on TV, whatever, whatever you're seeing driving down the street, whatever other people are saying to you, you're reading, you're hearing, all of that um, is constantly telling your brain what to think about and how to think about things. So um, for me, I think one of the biggest things was starting to really work on taking my thoughts captive in a very intentional way. Um, so that was something, I mean, it's, and it's still a process. I think you have to, we all have to do that our whole life. And I can talk about a little bit about that if you want me to, but, um, that change in really training my brain and being intentional about my belief system and my mindset and what I was going to default to, um, changed everything for me in, in my life. Yeah. If you could share more about that, that'd be great. Uh, Okay. So we could get into a lot of things, but there are some really easy, I think, well, I guess anything intentionally intentional takes a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit of energy, but there, it, you know, it's not that hard to do to change your brain. So if you think about um, all the thoughts that come into your brain every single day, another thing that's really interesting is that in most of the studies, 80% of our thoughts are negative. So our brains, because of everything that's going on around us, automatically kind of default to a negative space. And I'll give you an example. Like, and this, you know, this, this is just what I have seen in our life. So we'll be in, let's say we go to Chick-fil-A and there's two lines that we can get in. We believe, my husband and I, we would always say things like, you know, we pick a lane and then of course the other one would go faster. Yes. <laughs> so we would say things like, oh, here we go. Of course we picked the slow lane. You know, I mean, that was the default. We just believed that we were going to pick the slow lane. And sure enough, we usually are all, always did. So nothing life changing, but it's just a good example that our brains are really, um, <clears throat> we have allowed ourselves to, to fall into that negative space. The second thing that's really interesting is that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. So they are what I think today is exactly what I thought yesterday. It's exactly what I thought an hour ago or two days ago or a week ago or a month ago. They are the same repetitive thoughts. So in order to change our mindset, we have to start putting new thoughts in. And that's what the Bible talks about, Um, you know, as far as taking our thoughts captive. So for me, how some, some of the ways that I have done that is um, I have little triggers all, all around me in my life every day. <laughs> so, and you probably remember me talking about some of this, but um, I have reminders on my phone. So my phone dings probably at least four times a day. And sometimes I have more just depending on what's going on. And it reminds me what I need to be thinking about that day. Um, And I change them. Sometimes they'll stay on there for a while. Sometimes um, they'll get changed frequently. But it's things like, um, you know, you you are adored. Or it'll it'll be a verse, you know. Um, It could be, Sandy, think about the miracles you've seen today. Any little message 
So, and, you know, I think God gives you those as you go along, whatever you need. So my phone dings a lot. I have those reminders on there. Um, I have life verses and life words that are on my phone that ding every day. So my phone dings and I look and I see them. Um, So that helps train my brain that this is what we are going to think about today. We're going to think about who we are, how God made us to be, what our intention is for the day. Um, Also, um, you know, I think vision boards are so powerful. Um, I was never a vision board person until a couple of years ago. And now we have multiple vision boards. So, and my husband does it with me now too. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. It's not his favorite thing to do, but he really believes in them. But what it does is it gives us the intentionality every day of looking at that board and seeing what our dreams are, what our verses are that we need to focus on. We don't just look at them. We read through the board every single day. So we've got a personal one. We've got one for our business. We've got one for our family. Um, And again, that's just telling our brain, this is what our life looks like. Yeah. Wow. How do you go about making those? (laughs) Um, Well, there's a lot of ways to make them. I don't think there's any rule to it. Uh, What we do is we have our dreams We kind of start with our dreams, things that we would like to see happen. I really believe that you are born with dreams implanted in you from the Lord um, that are unique to you, that you are uniquely qualified and um, the abilities and the, um, you know, just the things that you're drawn to in life to walk those dreams out. So... So yeah, so we write down our dreams and then we turn our dreams into goals and then we work backwards and, you know, set deadlines and then we just put them on boards. We cut out pictures, words, we write things, Um, you know, for business, it's a little more linear, like a little more business-like, but for me personally, it always has things that just, um, you know, make me feel alive and make me feel hopeful and then again, we when I look at when we look at those boards every day, we say those things, we picture ourselves in those places. Um, the first year that we did this together, it was really hard. I will say that <laughs> took us hours and hours to do this board because we were really clunky at it. But the awesome thing is that very first year, by the end of that year, every single thing on that board had happened. Wow! Yeah. That is really cool. Well, listeners, I encourage you, even if this, or maybe especially if this feels a little daunting and you're listening to this thing and like, I would never do that. I challenge you to do it. We're nearing the end of a year, a calendar year. And, you know, take some time at the end of this year, reflect back on 2021 and make yourself a little vision board for 2022. And I think, You know, if that's something that you're kind of dreading right now, maybe you're supposed to take a little leap of faith and give it a shot. Who knows? knows? Yeah. You know, I think it's something we can be really intentional about. So for us, because it's important to us now, we feel like it's something that God has really um, designed for us to do. We take a week off at the beginning of every single year and we go away. We so we change our surroundings. And we, we get where we can see. So we either go to the beach where we've got a lot of vision or we go up on a mountain where we can see off the mountain. 
Um, there's something that happens in your brain when your eyes see it, it tells your brain that it can see. And so <clears throat> it sounds a little weird, but it really does work. And we take a week and we hash out, you know, we hash out our dreams and our goals for the year. So I would encourage anybody that's listening and to your point, Jess, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, I don't know, and I'm sure that would never work for me, which is what I believed, <laughs> then why not? What do you have to lose? Like, why not give it a shot? So like go and find a day on your calendar right now and cross it out and whatever you have to do to make it happen, just intentionally make it happen. Um, we wouldn't do it if I didn't, if we didn't block time on our calendar. And if we didn't like physically get up and leave our house <laughs> and go somewhere else, it wouldn't happen. So we know that's what we have to do to make it happen. Um, you might be fine at home, but just take the steps to do that. Mm. As you've done that, how has maybe God showed, shown you new things about who you are created to be? Yeah, it's really interesting to look back um, over the boards we've done over the last few years. So that's a really great question um, because you can see the change and the level of faith and the daringness, I guess, to believe that God is a big God and that he's put us on earth for big things. You know, he didn't create us to be small. He created us to live inside of us and to do big, amazing things. And so I think about like what we thought was really scary to dream a few years ago and what we're actually dreaming now. And you can just see that progression. So it's really awesome that as you see God begin to move in your life, as you surrender it to him and we never hold any of, you know, anything that's on that board. We never, it's ne it's never do or die. It's all surrendered. So let me just, you know, make that very clear. It is what, you know, this is what we are seeing and feeling in our spirit. We, you know, we've prayed, we have vision for this, but if it doesn't look like this, we are totally fine with whatever God does. So 2020 is a great example of that. You know, it did not look a lot like what we thought it was going to look like, but it's still, it's interesting because things we put on that board really did happen just in a different way. It just looked different by the end of the year. So, yeah. So I think that as you surrender to what God is doing and you surrender to hard things in your life and pain in your life and joy in your life, all of it, um, God expands your vision to be able to um, just dream even bigger than you ever thought you could. Mm, that is so good. And, you know, sometimes easier said than done, but as you continue to train your brain to recognize God in even the small things, mm -hmm. I think then you start to see him everywhere. I mean, Yes. He permeates everything, and it's amazing. Yes, it's so, yeah, it's so, that's so good, Jess, because that is another thing that we intentionally do. So not every single evening, but most evenings, um, we will ask each other, what miracles did you see today? So to your point, we have, we are, have and are training ourselves to see, okay, that didn't feel like a miracle, but again, there was an internal shift that happened. And 
you know, God was in that. I don't know what he's doing and it feels really scary right now, but if he's in it, it's miraculous. So sometimes the miracles are really fun and awesome. And sometimes they're really scary and hard, but we are again, training our brain to see God in that and allow him to move in whatever's in our life that day. You know, it's what, I mean, Many people have heard me say this, that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And so that's what we believe. We believe that everything in our day is happening for us and is pushing us through that process that the Lord has us in. Mm, Wow. And like as you've lived that out and surrendered your plans and your dreams and desires to the Lord— what surprising doors has he opened or surprising directions he's shifted you into? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, there's a lot of things. <laughs> One, okay, I'll just, I'm trying to figure out which ones. <laughs> yes, you can go any direction with it. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, one thing is, I think maybe back when I was talking to you originally and, you know, I was in the process of speaking more and I had written a course and was going to release it. And I just thought that's where everything was going. And right after that, my sister got really sick with brain cancer. And so my whole life pretty much stopped for a year, a little over a year. And, um, my sister and her husband had moved out here and so, and there was no other family here. So uh, my husband and I basically kind of just filled that spot up that, you know, a family will. And, you know, I became a big part of her caretaking for that year um, until she passed away last year. So, but what was so awesome is I felt not that it was fun or easy. It was actually quite you know, it was quite hard, obviously, um, to watch someone go through, you know, battling something that ultimately takes their life. But I felt so prepared to do this. And I remember thinking, if I never do anything else in my life, then this was worth it to be able to walk through this with, with just, you know, confidence and joy and you know, glory and all the things. Um, one thing that the part of her brain that was affected is the part that um, controls your emotions and your ability to have joy. So she really struggled with that. So every day we would devise, you know, and ask the Lord for just ways to help her focus on, um, you know, just feeling loved and having joy and, you know, not being sad all day, every day, or frustrated or what, or angry or whatever it was, but we were just going to really make whatever time she had left be as amazing on earth as it could be. Um, and I felt like the Lord had uniquely prepared me to walk through that with her. It would have looked very different if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through. So that's one thing. And then, um, also, right before that time, we had the unique opportunity to start a new business. And all of this has come into play in such a big way in, in our new business that is now, I guess, we're like about three years into it. 
Um, and it's just totally different than anything we've ever done because we have such a different relationship with the Lord and what he's taking us through and the dreams that he's put in us and why we're here and what we're meant to do and what this business is about. Um, so that's been really fun to walk through as well. What is the business? So we're, well, we're contractors. So the business is nothing exciting. I mean, um, my husband does this niche kind of concrete that goes underneath like apartment buildings and condos and all of that. But our business isn't, is the real, the purpose isn't for it to provide us a living. It ultimately is so that we can be full-time givers. So we have a huge dream, um, five-year dream that, you know, everything that we do is this business is about funding the things that the Lord has put us on earth to do. So it's really fun. We have an amazing team. Um, we're really focused and um, we're working really hard. It's been really hard, but it, it um, we've had all kinds of businesses and we've never had this type of focus before. So yeah, yeah. it's well, really awesome. I love that this shows and reminds us that, God can use whatever your gifts and talents are. You know, I I feel like I have a lot of authors on the podcast and they all have incredible messages, but it you don't have to be an author or an influencer or someone famous. Like whatever your unique God-given passion is, he's going to use that in every field. <laughs> and yeah. I just think that's amazing and a great reminder. And earlier when you said, you know, we serve a big God and he has big things for us. I think that's another thing that we need to redefine in our mind of what a big thing is. You know, it's not going to look necessarily big in the world's eyes, but you taking care of your sister well and loving her and being there for her, like that's the biggest thing you could have ever done. And yet the world may never know about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I feel like when you were saying that somebody out there needs that reminder that the thing they're doing is hard, but it is big in the eyes of the Lord, and mm-hmm. they may never get any glory in this earth for it, but it matters, and the eternal glory for it is going to be just beyond anything you can imagine because it's Amen. for God's kingdom. Yes. Amen. And you don't, you, I don't think we ever know like whose lives are going to come into the the sphere of our lives that are going to be changed or that we have something to deposit into them or them into us. Um, It's all so connected. And um, yeah, I just, I, I love it. I think that, you know, so many people aren't connected with their purpose Hmm. and um you know, a, a lot of it, I think, is in figuring out how to be surrendered, how to be intentional again about your life. And and it kind of just happens that you start getting connected with why you were put here. Mm, that's good. That Yeah. And so, I mean, do you have a, a first step someone could take? <laughs> well, I think... Um, I think number one, asking the Lord, hey, what is my first step, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. It seems too Lord. simple. It's like, wait, that, it, it, that's where we yes. start. Right. 
Um, but I will say, you know, when I started all of this, I wasn't really into listening to the Lord. <laughs> um, and I was not real happy with them. So instead, I feel like he brought things into my life that eventually got me there. So learning how to meditate. You know, the Bible is so clear. It tells us over 23 times to meditate. And meditating, again, helps us train our brain. You know, do you slow down and take time to make your brain focus? You know, focus and attention. Whatever has our attention is what we're worshiping. So, and whatever we worship has access to our hearts. So, you know, that thing in your heart, if you want it to be released, that thing that's put in there, there's a process that happens. And, and again, it's, it can be, it's all usually very intentional. So just learning how to meditate, learning how to um, just take something that seems very simple and do it day after day after day until it's until it's a part of you, until it's a kind of a default. Um, you know, writing out the things that you're fearful about or that you're not happy with in your life and then writing the opposite of them and then saying that list every single day. You know, put it on your bathroom mirror and just read it every, I mean, I've done that and I didn't feel like it was true at the beginning, but I read it until, until I you know, that would find myself thinking about it throughout the day. It would just pop into my head. So just things like that. I, you know, even again, it can be a verse, you know, the Bible tells us that um, we are, you know, that we have the ability to decide what we're going to focus on. And it's really important to do that. So yeah, there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, and they're not, none of them are, are really hard. Just start with one thing, you know, meditate, make a list, declare, um, set a reminder on your phone, um, you know, do something that feels uncomfortable. Just, you know, that's another thing. Like get your brain understanding that doing things that you're fearful about or you're comfortable with is actually a doorway into a lot bigger things. So find something that you're uncomfortable with Set it on the calendar and go do it, you know, just go do it and show yourself that you can. And then God will give you, you know, the next opportunity. I mean, I love that one. It's like, don't stay, don't stay behind that wall where you're safe. Get yourself out there where you really are in that land of the supernatural versus the natural. That, that is good. Yeah, those were all good things. And listeners, if you're driving your cars right now. And you, you know, need to refer back to all that. You can check out our show notes because I will make the list of all those ideas that Sandy just gave us. Um, shifting gears a little bit, but I mean, it's all related. Um, what is something new right now that God's revealing to you about his character and who he is? Or maybe not necessarily something new, but kind of refreshing you with. Mm. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I because I feel like I will get a glimpse of something about him, and then and I'll think it's so amazing, and then <clears throat> something else happens, and I realize my view of it was very limited, and it's even bigger than that. So um, one of the things is, um, you know, the fact that he is good all the time and everything he does is good 
And not just good. Everything he does is amazingly supernaturally for you, specifically good. Um, even if it feels hard or it feels painful at the time. So, um, you know, again, this is a very simple thing that we do. We say every day, we don't dare quit. We just don't dare quit. Whatever it is that's going on in our life. So, I mean, it could be a work thing or just a life thing or a relational thing. We just don't quit. And what God has been revealing recently is how much his goodness and the things that he, that the, the realm that he operates in is so much bigger than I will ever be able to comprehend with my mind that he's so beyond that, that I can go the rest of my life and grow every single day in it. I'll never be able to even touch the surface of how good he is. And it's just gets better and better and better all the time. And my faith grows all the time. And it's easier and easier and easier to say, I don't care what happens. I, I know I'm loved and I trust God completely with my life, no matter what it looks like. Like I know that it's purposeful. Um, yeah, he's good all the time. And if you look at every single person in the Bible, that relationship with God and that knowledge of his goodness and his purposes in our life always came through things that were very hard to walk through. Mm-hmm. Every single person, and you know, every single single example that he's given us. And so to think that because you're going through a painful circumstance or something that's hard, that that is related to how loved you are or how, or God's ability to take care of you, you know, or your worthiness of being loved is such a lie from the pit of hell. And so again, changing the way we think about it and the words that we say about it, um, eventually it allows our faith and our heart to get on board um, and to just be changed. So yeah, so his level of goodness, the level with which he loves me, the purpose in my life um, has just been exponentially growing lately. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. That's so beautiful and so true. And when we really start to believe that, it changes everything. It does change everything, yes. Man. Um, So we are almost out of time. And so I want to end with a final, very open-ended question of what did I miss? What is something that Holy Spirit is laying on your heart for our listeners um, that that I can't let you go without you sharing? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know that there's anything you've missed. Maybe there's just a little, (coughs) excuse me, um, encouragement, you know, a little more encouragement. And my encouragement is to dig in to the things that feel, that feel uncomfortable in your life, because those are the things where gold is hidden. Those are the things where purpose is hidden. Those are the things that let you know you were loved and created for a very unique purpose. That's where those are hidden. You know, you were made, you were put on this earth to grow, not to just sit idle and not do anything. Um, You were made, you were put on this earth to be great with a great purpose. You were created to push through and you were created with strength inside of you. 
um, you were created to, um, you were created to be a piece of God's dream for the earth. That's kind of how I like to put it. Like he has a dream for the earth and you are a part of that. So my encouragement is to just lean into everything that's happening in life and to determine you're going to say that it's for you and allow God to um, do whatever he's doing in it um, and in you. Yes, I am like internally cheering and clapping. That would be obnoxious to hear on a podcast, Um, but that is the perfect way to just end things. Thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom and encouragement. And I know it was what I needed to hear today. So I believe someone else out there did too. Yeah, I hope so. What an amazing interview with Sandy. And I just love that encouragement that she left us with at the end. And so many times throughout the episode, I just felt like, all right, Lord, I think this one's for me. I needed to hear that. I need to probably do that. So if if you were out there feeling that way as well, you're not alone. I was right there with you. There was so much good stuff in this one. Um, At one point while Sandy was talking, I was reminded for some reason of the Israelites and um, this passage in Exodus where they have left Egypt and um, it's Exodus 13, 17 through 18. And the Bible talks about how the Lord doesn't take them the direct route Um, but instead takes them the long way around so that they could avoid the Philistines. So they have left Egypt and they're on this roundabout way. It seems very inconvenient. It seems very out of the way, but it allows them to avoid the Philistines. And um, God talks about how the they weren't ready to fight the Philistines. They weren't prepared for that. And it would have sent them fleeing back to Egypt, wanting the comforts of the known instead of being ready to face the unknown and follow where God may lead. So he took them away that seemed long and inconvenient and extra hard to them, um, but they didn't know what God was protecting them from and what He provided along the way also was the miracle of parting of the Red Sea. Like if they had cut the direct way through the Philistine settlement, then they would have missed the whole miracle of God parting the Red Sea, which we still talk about in our faith today. Like it's one of these pivotal moments in biblical history, and it happened on a detour. It happened when the Israelites felt like they were being inconvenienced and going the long way around. So I'm not sure how specifically that connects to what Sandy was saying, but it just was in my mind a lot, this idea that sometimes our thwarted plans or our times where we feel inconvenienced like Sandy was saying, are for our good, even though they seem hard and we cannot see the full picture yet, we don't know what God is doing or what the full purpose is. And we may never get to see that on this side of heaven, but just like the Israelites, there is a plan and a purpose 
in these detours that we experience in life sometimes. Um, I am still in my detour with my condo, but just a little testimony of God's provision. Um, my flood insurance was due again for the condo, which you better believe I am paying for that policy because that one sure paid off. Um, but it's pretty expensive. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, all right, Lord, I'm paying this. I know I need this, but it's again dipping into savings and, you know, just continuing to pay my rent on my extra apartment, you know, all the things. And wouldn't you know, the next day in the mail, my escrow account on the condo was overpaid for this past year, the exact amount of my flood insurance. So I received a check in the mail for the amount of my new year for my flood policy. It's like God knew. He he knew what my need was going to be before I did. And he had me setting away money each month in my escrow account, knowing it would be an overage. I don't know, the whole thing. Just another example of a miracle that sometimes we miss when we're not looking for it. So I hope something in this episode today encouraged you or just left you a little bit mind blown at the goodness and glory of the Father, uh, because He is just the best. And as I'm floundering at times for direction for this podcast and figuring it out and figuring out where we're headed, I just keep coming back to the idea that as long as we're talking about the goodness and glory of Jesus— we will be all right. Uh, So that is our purpose. Uh, So I hope you'll stick with me through it. And I hope you have a great week. And um, I'm just sending you lots of love and prayers as you go throughout life the next couple of weeks. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Jess Biondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.